Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. I'm Alora Murray. And I'm Sarah Jenkins. And today's podcast is so very important. Carrie sits down with Kristen Andrus. Um, she is an activist, and she and a group of women are working together to fight period poverty, basically working to provide period products in Utah schools. And this is such amazing work because period pro- poverty is happening right here in Utah, and the topic, Sarah, is still so taboo. It really is. I feel like obviously 50% of the population is women and we are all affected by this. And it's sad to me, frankly, that, you know, we still, it's taboo, like you said. And I think that like the more awareness we can have in our schools, just in general, um, to destigmatize something that's completely natural is so important. I love the work that she's doing. So I say we take a listen. Let's do it. I am so excited for our guest today on the podcast. It's Kristen Andrus. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, we are thrilled to chat with you. Okay, let's start with just this. When did you first fall in love with fitness? Tell us all about that. So I think it was probably my break away from my kids. (laughs) I had six kids in eight years, which is crazy. Every two years and then ended with twins. And I... I think I remember like killing myself on the treadmill in the early years. And I was like, this is not fun. And then I started in group fitness classes. It got me out of the house. I enjoyed it. It like hit all of, it checked off all the boxes, right? Social, um, Mm -hmm. emotional strength, um, fitness and friends. And so I just, it was my escape. Um, and then it made me feel good after. And I just loved it. And they just loved it. Well, that kind of goes into my second question, which is why are fitness and health so important to you? You talked about that a little bit more. Can you expand on it? Yeah, I think one thing is I, that I didn't realize, but I watched growing up, my mom and dad are very active. My mom went on a run every single morning of my life. Like we'd get up and get ourselves ready. And I watched her do that. My dad, you know, jumped rope and went to the gym. And like, so they modeled like healthy living and keeping active. And they, they still do to this day, you know, in their seventies, they don't miss an hour workout (laughs) any day. And they've always kind of said like, you know, they need, it's like their therapy. And Mm -hmm. so I think I probably saw that. And then I think once you try something and it sticks, I was a synchronized swimmer growing up. And so I was very, very active throughout high school um, and then in college, it was kind of like, ah, oh, I need to keep moving. And so tried different things and then ended up really loving group fitness and weights. You know, I found, so I, I found I could change my body through weights way more than killing myself on an, a treadmill. Mm. Um, and so it was just, it was important because it made me feel good. You know, when we, when we look better, we feel better. That's just the honest truth. Um, And then I was, you know, having a lot of kids over many years. And so it was always really important for me to kind of come back and feel like myself um, and to feel like, but but not come back. I guess it was move forward to the new Kristen, right? Sure. Um, and, And kind of just making sure that I'm eating good. I'm moving my body in because there was a lot of time during pregnancy and after I had five C-sections that I couldn't move my body. And so I really appreciated the fact that I could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And how did your career in this industry start? How did that part kind of work its way in? (laughs) I would hardly call it a career. I'm like an amateur. Um, So it's so funny because I would talk about probably on social media, I would share that I was, 
I think I just was like, oh, I, I, I think I probably started showing like one, a one minute workout or something like that. And everyone's like, wait, do one for us. I remember I had these twin, these tiny twins at home and I was probably kind of feeling locked down at home and I started on Vimeo. I don't know if you remember. I mean, oh, I totally. Vimeo. Yeah. But I wouldn't talk and I would do this workout and I would play this awesome music, like all of the top hits and they ended up, you know, start being five minute videos. And then I was like, well, people are actually really doing these. And then they'd be 20 minute videos. But I laugh looking back because I'm silent and I have this awesome music playing. To make a long story short, um, I, you know, everyone's like, you need to do it on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, but I have like a hundred on Vimeo. And I just, a lot of my followers on Instagram were doing them. And I hadn't realized that Vimeo had been sending me emails for a year that said copyright, copyright, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't use that music. Oh. And so they took down my account and I lost hundreds of workout videos that I had been doing for years. That's a I lot was, of time and effort. I was devastated. And so I thought, you know, I was devastated. So then I thought, this is my push to go onto YouTube. Uh, everyone's on YouTube now. And then I have to kind of use YouTube music, but at least I can talk and chat and, um, but it's free. I don't charge anyone. And I would say it's my, it's my love language to women and people and families who are either stuck at home or can't get to the gym, but they're really good workouts and they're free. And so it's like my language of love. And then we, we talk, we laugh. And because I'm an amateur, like my kids walk in and I'm like yelling at them and I <laughs> sweat and I stop and every, all the women I talk to wherever I meet them, they're like, I do your videos and I love how real you are. You stop and you pant and you yell at your kids, you get them up for school. And I just think it makes it feel like it's just girlfriends coming together and working out. Sure. Yeah. You have that. Yeah. I bet that's why you have a good following too, is because it's just, you keep it very real and it just makes very someone real. think, Hey, I'm just like her, you know, I'm yelling yeah. at my kids too at the same time. So it's, exactly. you know, people can relate to that. When did you start to grow a following? You know, um, so it's funny. My husband runs Traeger grills. It's like a wood pellet grill based out of um, Utah. It wasn't, but we moved it here and I was filming. We were like, you know, I was cheap talent, right? At the time we had just <laughs> bought it. We moved it from Oregon where it was based and um, Target had asked us to do this um, kind of this long, it was like an online Target commercial for Thanksgiving for Traeger. And so I thought, you know, I probably need to do like a public Instagram account. Just, I had, I, love to cook. I love to share recipes. Um, and, and I knew that I was doing this like target commercial for Traeger. And so I started that, started sharing recipes and my workouts. And I think, um, I think probably, like you said, like I shared the reality. One, I don't sell anything, right? I've never sold a dish towel, a candle, a mug, you know, a, a Yeti, but like I've, right. I've never sold anything. And so that's probably helpful for people who are feel like they're always getting stuff and then I was always I think adding value right I'm like here's a recipe here's my workout so I was always trying to add value to people's life who were like me who were moms who didn't have time or didn't have the energy to do things so I don't know I hope that it was I was relatable um but maybe also like inspirational because then I also like gave back in my community and I I I did it differently I yeah. wasn't selling something. And what I was selling was like, get involved in your community, bring people to your table that look different than you, you know, like my sales pitch online, um, 
was was just different than I think most people were looking at. Yeah, I think that's definitely what makes you stand out. And as as far as future, what are your dreams or goals or where do you see your channel going? Oh my gosh. You know what? For for workout or Instagram? Let's start with workout. Let's start let's do that okay. one first. You know, unfortunately, I I'm spending so much time in kind of my day job of policy and philanthropy that I just have not been able to do workouts. I haven't been able to keep up on them. I have over 300 on YouTube. And so when, when people ask, you know, of course, news always better. And so they're like, when are you going to do a new video? It's probably been a month. You know, I, I do, when I travel, I do them every day. So it's like a cool background. It's sunny. It's beautiful, you know, but then I get home and I'm up at like five 15, I'm getting my workout in and I, I don't take time to film it. Um, but I'm like, Hey, you guys, I have over 300 free workouts and they are hard and they're good and they're different. Um, so I will say YouTube is not, my workouts has, have not been my top priority. At the beginning of the year, I was somewhere beautiful. Oh, I was in, um, I was in Portugal. Oh, nice. And I said, okay, you guys, I, anywhere I go, I'm going to find the coolest place and I'm going to film a workout. And here we are March 3rd. And I just, I haven't, I've gone to cool places and I haven't filmed workouts. So unfortunately that goal did not come to, but I think there's a time in a season and so I'm trying to do more, but I think with 300, it's almost one a day. People sure. can go through that, you know, through the year. So I, I'm not focused on that right now because I feel like there is enough to kind of keep people going. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's enough on there. Yes. And I think people understand that you have a life, you have a family and kids and, you know, it gets, it gets right. crazy busy. So I think people right. can obviously relate to that. Okay. What about your Instagram? So the Instagram is so interesting because, because I'm not trying to grow it and I'm not, you know, doing partnerships and all the stuff that people do to grow. I, I just show my everyday life. I show the, um, a lot of the policy work, the community work I'm involved in, you know, it, it's, um, it's not my top priority, but this is where I'm at. In the end, I keep asking myself, why am I on here? Why am I doing this? Because I don't feel like it's of utmost importance, but it is because the answer I keep getting is you can't let these stories end with you. And so I'm able to be across the state of Utah, learning about what people are going through, um, learning personal stories of people working on policy that affects teens and kids and girls statewide. And so if I, if I stop being on Instagram and sharing kind of what we're doing to try to change our state and try to make it better in ways that women can engage, then, then I'm in a silo, right? Then like those stories end with me mm-hmm. and, and I'm, and I'm not okay with that. And so I'm willing to kind of put in the time and the effort of showing. So for instance, with, we have this teen center project, which is we're working on getting teen centers um, across the state in every Utah high school. Within like a couple of weeks, we have 350 women from Instagram who signed up to be community champions in their schools. Awesome. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do that without Instagram, you know? And so, um, oh, I had the most incredible story. Can I tell you this? Of course. Yeah. So we just um, worked with the governor and um, the state of Utah now has free period products in all state buildings. It's wow. the first in the nation. We're leading out. It's absolutely incredible. And there were, you know, a hundred women in hot pink. And it was just the most beautiful sight in the Capitol yesterday. And I had a woman walk up to me and she said, Kristen, I've been following you for years. And I saw what you were doing with periods. And I, 
and the manager of the Morgan Stanley Salt Lake, oh no, I'm sorry, South Jordan office. And so we started instituting free period products in our office. And she said, we have spread. And I knew the story, but I didn't know it started from a post that I did about period poverty. Oh my goodness. She said, we now have 68,000 <gasps> people worldwide that every office of Morgan Stanley around the world now offers free period products because I saw your post. And I thought, oh my gosh, like you rarely hear something like that, that directly connects back to something that I just was sharing. And I kind of felt like people were sick of me talking about. So I thought, well, my gosh, I'll definitely stay on for another year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is profound. Like that is impact. So that's, that was a really cool story I just heard yesterday. That's a really big deal. You should be very proud of yourself, Kristen. I mean, absolutely Thank hats you. off to you for, you know, if people aren't familiar with, maybe you can tell our listeners, the Utah period project, which you actually came onto Fresh Living to talk about. But for our listeners yeah. now, can you quickly just tell us how that got started and what that is? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so I was working, my, where I normally find myself is kind of boots on the ground. Like, uh, I always say, like, I'm in the business of band-aids. Like, you need food, like, in terms of philanthropy, right? I'm like, mm -hmm. you need food, here's food. You need backpacks, you need... And so I was at a middle school and a social worker turned to me and said, this is great. We're doing Thanksgiving meals, but what I really need are pads and tampons for my girls. And I'm like, wait, what? In Utah? You know, like everyone, when we first hear about it, we're shocked that it's happening five seats away in five houses down right. from us. Well, yeah. it is. And so I partnered. So I was working with the Utah Food Bank. The first year we partnered, we distributed 3 million period products across the state of Utah. It was incredible. Um, so that was neat that the food bank came back and they said, we're not doing this. But when we sent out a survey to our pantries, over 220 pantries, this is the biggest response we've ever had in the history of the Utah Food Bank for any product we've tried to place. That's crazy. So you know right there that like you, you found this silent need because menstruation is kind of the silent need that we're not, we haven't been willing in the past to talk about. Yeah. Um, we, it was like, okay, we have to do this. So then my friend and neighbor and um, girlfriend, Emily McCormick, came to me and she'd been working on overturning the tampon tax. And what's crazy about the tampon tax is Utah still considers pads and tampons not medically necessary. So we tax them. You know, we don't tax bandages. We don't tax Band-Aids. We don't tax Viagra or Rogaine because they're considered medically necessary. But we still tax and tampons. I did it's, not know this. I am today's yeah. year old. Like I'm just learning this and wow, that is, that's insane. It's insane. And by the way, it's still not turned over. <laughs> we still do that. So we're, we'll work forever on that. Um, so she came to me and she said, I worked for four years, you know, try to overturn this tampon tax and through a series of different events, it's just not, it's just not happening. And so she said, we're going to go up to speaker Brad Wilson, who's the, uh, the house speaker and we are going to ask him to do free period products in K through 12. So I'm like, great, let's do it. Like, I don't go up to Capitol Hill. I don't know policy. I like to like <laughs> be on the ground with people. Yeah. And so we did. And he's like, let's do it. <laughs> so we worked the last, you know, couple of years. Uh, well, it took a year. We, we, we went across the state. We went from Logan to St. George and we rallied troops and we got girls talking about periods and, and knowing that it affects every single girl and every single woman, and we all know that feeling. So 
within a year, it passed legislation unanimously. And so now we offer free period products. It's the law in every single girls and unisex bathroom in our charter and public schools. Oh, Kristen, that's fantastic. It's nice amazing. work. I mean, that's thank you. That's just really, I mean, that's that's phenomenal that you were oh, able to do that. You. And if if someone is listening right now thinking, I want to help, I want to, you know, is there any way people can get involved and try to help out? Yes, absolutely. If you go to thepolicyproject.org, um, if you have students that are interested, we have 500 student ambassadors across the state. You could sign up, your students can sign up to help us and make advocate and they have leadership tasks like it's a really cool program not a, not a ton of time necessary but you can be involved in that um and then we have the community champion um sign up too where you can once again work with us on policy but it's like locally in your neighborhood in your community and once again we have monthly meetings we have you know different leadership things that we're teaching women because I truly feel like if we're going to change the state of Utah, we do it through women and mothers. And so that's what we're trying to do. Oh, that's so amazing. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you for that info. And is the the Sisters Good, is that separate from the Utah Period Project? Okay, so that was the um, Sister Goods is my partnership with the Utah Food Bank. Okay. And so that is where I went to them. And I have to tell you when I called, because I already was working with the Utah Food Bank in, in other ways. And I said, hey, are you guys doing period products? And she said, I'm so embarrassed. I don't, I don't know. And then she came back and she literally was in tears. And she said, why have I never asked? Why have I, you know, and I thought none of us, none of us, when you don't, it's a silent need. We don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool how they kicked into gear. Um, And now, you know, we have tons of, you know, companies reaching out and donating product to them and, and we've been able to do incredible things across our state because what, and I'll, and I'll tell you with the food bank, because yes, policy matters. And now we have it in state buildings and we have it in schools, but we do, we need it at the food bank too. We still need band-aids. Like, unfortunately we still need that. And um, I had Jeanette bought, who's the CEO um, come speak at a luncheon that I was throwing for a fundraiser to, to fund these. She's products. wonderful. She's been on the She's show amazing. multiple times. We love her. She is the best. And she, showed this kind of did a little presentation in front of these women and this tells you what you know decision that these mothers are making every month so she pulled out five boxes of macaroni and cheese and three cans of chef boyardee and she put them up on like a little pedestal and then she pulled out one box of tampons and she said every month women and mothers are making a decision if they buy this much food for their family or one box of pads or tampons. Mm. And you know what they're going to choose every mm-hmm. single time they're going to choose food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I, I work, we have, you know, what now 65, 70,000 refugees in our state. And I had mentored a family. And while I was working on this with the food bank, I went to Amina's home and she's a dear friend. I've been in her home for two years, you know, all the time, every week. And I, for the first time brought her cause she's Muslim. And so I brought her a big bag of pads and she looked and she's like, all, all of these for me? And I'm like, yeah. And I said, what do you use? And she pulled her daughter's shirt by her. And she's like, I rip up her shirts and I use these. Oh. And I thought for two years, I've walked in and out of your home and you've been ripping up your kids' clothes to use them for pads. It, 
it was, and so now I'm trying to be more aware, but those are just like these little tiny stories that make you realize the importance of this kind of stuff. Sure. And look what you've, you know, done so far, Kristen. It's just, it's so, it's just, you're awesome. You're doing some amazing things and thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, um, when did your love for charity work first, like first start, when did you figure out your love for it? You know, um, once again, I think I watched, my mom was always in the community. She, I'm from California. So we were in the Bay area. She was in the junior league and helping, you know, in, in small ways. So I think it was probably part of my DNA. It's just kind of like what was done, but, but where I kind of chose this path of making it like my day, day you know, I drop off my kids at eight and pick them up at three 30. And so it's, it's how I spend like my whole day is we had, um, we had, we owned school care, we um, ran school candy, that headphone company for eight or nine years. And then we moved over to Traeger. And so we had a couple of successful exits. You could say like some of those, like, oh, we did it. You know, the company sold or we went public. And I remember my husband sending me a text and it was like deal closed. And it was exciting. And I thought it would be this like great day. And it was, but I was in a spin class and I felt instead of like elation, I felt this weight and this responsibility. And I was like, we have so much to give. And, and I was, it was an emotional day and a a very, very heavy day. And so I called Jeremy and I said, let's pick up the kid. This was many, many years ago. And I said, let's pick up the kids from school. They were all little. And we went grocery shopping and we went down to the youth resource center, the VOA downtown, and we served dinner. And I was like, this is what we're doing. Like, this is our path. And and to be honest, we haven't ever looked back. Mm. Well, and, and not only are you making such an impact here locally, Kristen, but it's like obviously <laughs> growing across the United States and around the world. So it's, it's really incredible the work that you're doing. And what's one Thank of your, you. do you have a memory? I know there's probably a lot, but maybe one of your favorite memories from doing this work. You know, I think it's in those small, like human to human moments. Um, I remember in the beginning of the, the period project stuff, like we were still once, okay, first of all, we're totally making it up as we go along. Like anyone thinking Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we have any, it was like four stay at home moms sitting around a kitchen table that were like, we have an idea and we did it. Like, so I don't want anyone to feel like that you have to, I, I still sit at anything about policy and it goes over my head. I have no clue what's going on up at the legislature. So if you have an idea, you can go after it. You really don't have to know it. So I have to say that first, but I remember we were kind of like, okay, is this a problem? What's going on? How can we solve it? And I was in an elementary school and um, we were passing out period kits for like the weekend. And there was this cute fourth grader. And what, what we now know is that girls are getting their periods so much younger in life. Um, but I was able to like be in the school as a very high needs. Um, you know, we love to call them title one schools and it, and it was, and I, I, I dove deep into the school. I love the school. I got to know the kids and I was there often. So I was in the pantry passing out these period packs. And also I wanted, it was almost like a, like, are they going to take them? Do they need them? Like it was in the very, very beginning of this. And I, gave this period pack to um, this girl and she had a single dad who raised her and, and she had sisters and, um, and I hand it to her and the dad kind of takes it like, what is this? And I said, Oh, it's for, for um, periods for her to take home for, and he's like, Oh, she doesn't need it. Handed it back to me. 
And this little fourth grade girl looks up to her single dad with this knowing glance. And he's like, do you need this? And she nods her head. I need this. This fourth grade girl living with a single dad in Murray, Utah, and her dad has no idea. Like, what has she been doing month after month after month? And what is she doing at school? And is she missing school? And I just thought, I will work forever for this girl. You know, she, she couldn't speak up. These, they're young. And so it's those personal moments where it's kind of this rush of responsibility. Like, if not, my whole question is always, if not now, when? And if not now? And if not me, who? And those personal moments are always when it's as human to human watching something right before my eyes. It's like, yeah, I can't know this and not do something about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. When you hear stories like that, it's it's uh, it's a little difficult to just yeah. move on and think, oh, well, something will happen and something will change. And, you know, you're right. If it's exactly. not you, if it's not I, I have to do something, you know. Yes. And that yes. kind of I mean, my next question is a little bit of the same. Why do you believe that it's so important for others to give back to their own community. You know, what I love about the word philanthropy, and it's not, or any of that, it's not about money. It's using your talents, your energy, whatever you have at your fingertips to make the world better. Mm. And so, so for instance, like this is a, a funny an- analogy, but I think it's, it's the right one because everybody's going to do things that work for them. So we just had a huge high fitness event and these high fit instructors wanted to help these teen centers that we're working on. And they said, what can we do? And I'm like, if you're going to use your talent and energy to better the world, throw a big high fitness event. And we raised thousands of dollars because these high fit instructors said, we want to make a difference. And we're not going to go up to the Capitol. We're not, we don't have thousands of dollars to give, but we can run a class. Um, I have a friend, Kristen um, Paulson, who, does in you know fashion online she's like how can i help the teen centers i'm like okay put together amazon fashion like this light blue our like sky blue color that we're using and give people like options of what they can wear to our rally so she gave back by showcasing inexpensive items that you could promote and show up at teen center events with so seeing these women and kids and in their own way helping back the best way they know how, and it's not about writing a check and it's not about giving money, but it's showing up and then doing something that makes you uniquely you that helps causes. And it will absolutely hands down be the best part of your life. I think once you even, you know, go once or twice and you keep coming back, you realize like, I can't not do this. And in Utah, it's so easy to get out of our bubble. A lot of us live in, you know, if you tell me where you live, you probably live in a bubble. But I can tell you within two miles, maybe five miles, it's not. It looks very, very different. We have this incredible opportunity to leave our bubble and to lean in, you know, maybe start following nonprofits on Instagram, lean into what you love. You know, if they're like, Kristen, you have to go to the animal shelter and rescue dogs every day. I would hate it and cry and I don't do animals. It's smelly and gross and I just wouldn't (laughs) go back. So don't also like push yourself in a direction that you're like, this doesn't speak to me. I'm not going to come back for this. So if you love dogs, like go and do that. If you love horses, work with horses and mental health, like find that thing that you love, 
where it's sticky. I call it like sticky service. It's sticky because you keep coming back because it's who you are and it mm-hmm. resonates with your soul. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to you. Well, Kristen, you are speaking to us and yeah. you have made such a difference in people's lives and your impact is so great and, you know, will continue to grow. Thank you so much for chatting yes. with us today and all that you are doing. And if people want to follow you or be part of what you're doing or figure out how to, you know, make a difference somewhere, where can they go? Yep. I'm um, Kristen Andrus with an I-N. Everyone always thinks I'm an E-N. Um, Kristen Andrus on Instagram. And then I do have lots of good workouts. So on YouTube, <laughs> um, probably just search Kristen Andrus workouts and they'll be there. Okay. You're amazing. And we thank you so well, much. Thank you. And we like to wrap these up with what we call fresh five. These are just quick answers. And are you ready? Yes. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. First one it's brunch. What are you ordering? Oh, always something salty and sweet. So, like an, a veggie omelet with turkey and a French toast. Love it. One Splitting of each. with my husband. Half and half, <laughs> there always. you go. There you go. Uh, favorite board game? I can't keep a board game in my home. I have six kids. Literally two seconds later, the pieces are all missing. I don't own a board game with every piece. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Okay. And what band, past or present, would you go see in concert tonight? Oh, I just bought Taylor Swift tickets for my uh, second daughter. So. Oh, and she's probably very, your mom of the year. (laughs) Yeah, don't tell her. That's awesome. Wait, a secret, secret. Um, And then next one, what do you hope to be doing next year? Oh, I hope to be um, opening teen centers across the state of Utah in Utah high schools. Oh, I can see you doing that. We'll have you back on Mm -hmm. to chat about it. (laughs) Thank you. you doing that. Okay, last one. What is your favorite vacation destination? Where do you love to go vacation? Punta Mita, Mexico. There's a home there that we rent that is my favorite place on earth. Mexico. Oh, I love it. Sounds dreamy. Well, you're just wonderful, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for such your huge impact on the community. You're an amazing human being. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. And thank you for listening to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.